do I see Silas being here next year? No, I don't. And there's a lot of fucking truthers on Twitter. They're just like, now this is saying that Silas is not at fault. Dude, man, he's the guy coaching the team on the floor. Yep. It's his responsibility to make it work. Whether or not they're trying to get them to win or Play lose. Minutes, Wait, yeah. What the fuck ever, man. This guy wants to compete. You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on Twitter Sphere at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commish, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. GM. I went into tonight's episode thinking that, you know, we're going to talk about the continued losing streak of this Rockets. I came in wanting to talk about LP. I came in wanting to discuss the future of this team. But John Wall decided he chose violence on a podcast and decided to drop a bomb on not just the city, but on the entire Houston Rockets organization we're gonna get into all of this in just a second but of course i can't start any episode without checking in on big brother justin get off your phone how you doing tonight everything is good man um some pretty crazy stuff happening on the timeline you know and uh pretty some pretty damning information i would say it's it's a little real it's a little of a a wake-up call to fans and i'm not gonna lie it's a little sad to be completely transparent, but yeah. how I'm doing? I'm yeah. Doing besides all, right. all of that, I'm doing all right. Um, if anything, go to an ApolloHOU.com. Check out my new article of the game from last night. Rockets went Hollywood and lost their 11th game in a row. Go ahead and check it out. If you guys have any issues with how I write, you know, I was a little positive last night. You know, I was feeling pretty good. Won my parlay. Uh, and, you know, and, and wrote a good article about the Rockets. You know, I even quoted Lincoln Park. So, if you have anything, what was the if, quote? By the way, I didn't get a chance to read it yet. What was the quote? It was about the song. Uh, in the end, does it really matter? Because ah. in the end, after that game, does it really matter about the performance? Because we lost, and it's still the eleventh loss in a row. So that's 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 kind of how I felt. But um, go ahead, check out check out that article. I'm very proud of it, particularly if I'm gonna be completely transparent with you guys. But outside of that, everything is doing pretty solid. Everything's everything's uh fine and dandy, like I sour would say candy. Dandy, yeah. I mean, I love I love my my sour candy, and I I, yeah. I really need Brook Lopez dandy, to hit that like shot. Cool Runnings and John Candy. Ooh, I yes, yes. Irvin Blitzer, call I love him out. Irvin Blitzer, call out Irvin Blitzer. Your people say you know they can't believe Jamaica. We have a bobsled team. Latte, one daddies. and the one junior. Your brenner and the man Sanka, the, the fastest, fastest of the fastest, fastest of Jamaican, Jamaican sprinters. sprinters. 
Respect to the man. Irv Blitzer. People are pretty impressed with our rendition of the Cool Running song, yeah? The OGs will truly understand Cool Running. Okay, let's pivot back to the topic at hand. Circling it back, John Wall came in on a recent podcast on a show with some damning information that the GM said. We're going to bring all of this news into light with y'all, and if y'all haven't already heard... John Wall recently discussed uh, some things in regards to this Houston Rockets organization. There's a lot to unpack here. Like, in terms of unpacking, like, every time... I feel like this whole season has been a season where it's like, every time you feel like you got your suitcase unpacked, another suitcase just kind of rolls in. It's it's like like you got another trip coming up two days later. (laughs) You got to pack up that shit again. I got to unpack again? (laughs) God damn! It's like you keep you keep thinking that you're done with the vacation and then another luggage rolls in and you got to start unpacking again. And it, it just doesn't stop here because the unpacking is real because there's so much happening with what John Wall said from the beginning of his tenure in Houston all the way to the end. But he basically talks about so many things from his time and arrival in Houston. Now, James Harden basically said, nah, bro, I'm not going to your press conference. I'm going to the babies." A concert or party in Atlanta you want to come through John Wall said no bro you know I got to respect this organization and you know I'm a newbie here so this ain't my show so I'm gonna respect it you know he's being a true professional which is what this team sorely needs currently and then you fast forward now to after his first year and basically Steven Silas gives him a damning call basically telling him that he's not going to be the starter anymore on the team and I quote John Wall when John Wall says What Steven Silas said to him, this is what management wants. 10 to 15 minutes a game off the bench. You may not even play some games. You know, we want you to come in, mentor the young talent. GM, there's more stuff that needs to be said, but I do want to harpen back on what I had just stated on these two remarks from John Wall. And the way that he felt that he was treated by the organization and the totality of his entire tenure here was basically, he called it straight trash, beyond trash. He really did not enjoy his time in Houston for good reasons. Hearing all of this, us being a Rockets show, a Rockets podcast, having a love for this team that we've had for since we were born, born into this whole thing. How's this making you feel about the team? How's this making you feel about the organization? What's the feelings here? The first part of this interview, there's quite a bit to unpack, considering that, um, especially the most important part where they said that it was a direct, um, was it mandate from management, considering John Wall not start, play 10 to 15 minutes a game. Um, That's about as blatant as you can get in terms of the the tank quote-unquote correct and the funny thing was when we look at it from back then at that point in time we were like yeah that's cool let's do it because we did want to tank at that point in time correct and it wasn't at the fault of management it was more so desire at the possibility to get a paula bencaro or a jabari smith jr or a chet holmgren and you know, at that point in time, it was all good and fun because it was only year two of the uh, the rebuild. But when we're in year three now, and the thing about that is, 
we haven't seen a proper amount of improvement in terms of development um, in expectations for most Rockets fans, considering the win-loss record. We're in the midst of an 11-game losing streak. Uh, Jalen Green has gone through a very considerable slump. And yesterday he did seem to come out of it, hypothetically speaking. Um, Alperin Shangun being, quote-unquote, our most talented player currently in terms of production, getting less minutes. Yep. Um, there's a lot of things that are happening in terms of what could possibly be seen as a blatant tank. And the way John Wall is putting it, it's kind of seemingly putting things into a lot more bigger perspective in terms of what people have suspected in terms of like is this really coach stevens house's fault is this a direct mandate from Raphael stone um what is happening because the rotations do not seem to be um what how can you say this silas's rotations are not very good excuse me in terms of production and what we're starting to see is in that interview we can tell that based on that interview, we can see that <laughs> this is a management thing. And it's very transparent that they're trying to start the tank, like, very, like, blatantly. And my issue with this in terms of the blatancy, because I don't think we're good enough to really be that good anyways, it's even worse now. Because in this aspect, you're basically starting to build bad habits amongst these players and um i'm not going to talk about the other quote yet because you didn't bring it up Mm -hmm. are we okay um but i mean if you want to yeah go ahead you can bring it up um you can say it that's fine in relation to what i'm talking about is more so like so you can bring it you can bring it back around john wall just interview in addition to what was already said was saying that the young players now can't get away with the shit that they're pulling for this squad. And he said he tells them that to this Yeah, day, if they're playing on any on any about. other team in the league. Yep. And of the other 29 <laughs> teams in the league, including I mean, Charlotte. Yes, and you know, like it's just not it's a horrendous look. Horrendous look in that regard and it's it's not a good look and it's it's really really bad. And it's just a reflection on the organization more so the players. And it says a lot in terms of what we're seeing on the floor. Um, but, I mean, a rebuild is a rebuild. There's yeah. a lot of ways to go about it. And, unfortunately, this is what happens in terms of teams trying to purposely find a way to lose. This is not like the NFL, where if you're the worst team, you get the top pick. Like the Texans were in the battle for the top pick on the last game of the season. There's a lottery. We can suck. We can be the worst team and still get the fifth pick. You know, and that's the and issue ain't here. That a bitch, right? And I'm not saying <laughs> that it's a horrible thing, but what I'm saying is when you do it on purpose, there's a whole other level to it. There's a whole other layer. Because what never, we never thought we would, we never thought that we were purposefully actually trying. Yeah, I didn't think we, we were. Like I, last I didn't think year we were, we're just a bad team. Yeah, I, I agree. You know? I think I think the same goes for this year. I just don't think we're good enough. But the fact that that's where we that's where we stop. <laughs> the fact I, re- I feel like we're we're good we're better than our record. Uh, I, I, I I I respect it. it. I respect it. And um, the fact that they're trying to do that is just the aspect of where it's like we might kill these possible relationships that we have with a Jalen Green, um, a Jabari Smith Jr. 
with how blatantly bad it is. And I mean, even then, like Eric Gordon getting minutes. No offense, Eric Gordon, like starting on the floor. Yeah. But the numbers suggest that KJ Martin is better with them. Jay Sean Tate's probably better with them. But they can Silas continually starts Eric Gordon. And from the <laughs> when you say that it's when John Wall states that it's a mandate for him to not start and to let KPJ start, um, you know, it's kind of crazy. And that kind of relates in terms of uh, Eric Gordon starting. And it's just not a good look. And it's just, it's it's very blatant. I, I get it in terms of his trade value. But if you're trying to at least attempt to win, then, you know, or attempt to be better and learn, I don't see Eric Gordon helping them in the long run. Yeah. So in regards to all of that it's 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 a it's a damning thing man and yeah and it's it's frustrating yeah absolutely it's frustrating it's absolutely yeah um it's it is the, the whole john wall aspect is just like like you said he could have been the he could have been the vet point guard and with that being said like well that's the that's the mm-hmm. problem is that okay look like if i can take a moment to kind of unpack everything as well based on kind of what we heard and everything and I got to listen to some of that interview and it's a it's an insane interview guys um if you guys can check it out just go on YouTube type in the John Wall I don't remember who it was that hosted him off the top of my I, head I don't remember um but I mean it's all over right now uh, if you have Twitter go check out Twitter right now if you just type in John Wall interview it'll pop up it's just a lot to unpack here I think I I've been riding so much emotions during the season you know beginning of the season I'm like I got my high, you know, go for playing. Let's fucking go. You know, uh, we start to suck. Oh, man. Oh, you know, we're better than this. And then we start to do well. We beat teams like Philly, Phoenix. Oh, man. See, I told you we're better than what we are. And then come back down to earth again where we're losing. And now we've lost 16 of the last 17, which we'll go into later. I will, you know, I was at a point where I was like, this is superbly frustrating. And now the John Wall news on top of it, it, to be honest, guys, as a fan, it makes me sad. As a person, a, a pseudo-media member, it kind of pisses me off. Because I don't mind us, you know, if, if if tanking is what it takes to get to stars, I get it. It doesn't always work. But you got the Golden State Blueprint that did work, but then you got other teams that tried and tried and tried and continually failed to reach the mountaintop. Uh, Teams like Sacramento that have tanked. Teams like New Orleans that have tanked. Teams like Charlotte that tanked. And, you know, they're they're just kind of, you know, bless New Orleans, they're finally doing well. But those other teams are just kind of middling around in the mud. Uh, Sacramento's having a pretty decent season, finally, after years on end. But to circle back onto what John Wall said, starting from where he believes that, you know, the crazy thing about this is that he came in and the interviewer said, what was your tenure in Houston? No hesitation. Trash. Beyond trash. That's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking from a fan standpoint because of the way the organization either treated him because he was quoted as to said he felt like a rookie. He's like, I feel like a rookie. Basically, when he was asked to sit the entire season, he wasn't allowed to work out with the team. They told him he could only work out at 7 a.m., but he had to be gone by 9. And then he said by 10 a.m., John Wall's like, I'm fucking home till game time. 
Game starts at 7. He says, I park and walk up at 6.59. I'm not even playing. He's like, I can pull up at 6.59 because I'm not even going to play. What's the point? I got my workout in already in the morning. He said, just send me home. He's like, just send me home to Miami so he can spend time with his kids. He can do what he needs to do. He can rehab there. He can train there. He can stay in shape there as opposed to being here and doing nothing. Look, from a player organization player standpoint, I understood at the time what it meant. Kevin Porter Jr. is and was going to be that guy, that project player that they they put a lot of eggs into a basket, even though they traded a bag of chips and a handshake for him and a bladed second round pick that may not even be used. But from a human standpoint, that is utter bullshit. Because John Wall is a veteran. He is a veteran, and by God, is he the veteran that maybe this team needed? Probably, this year? Maybe. You're, this, you're, you know you're what probably I mean? right. You're probably As, right. From a human standpoint, it is complete and utter bullshit the way that they treated him. Because how can you come in here with that type of mentality? It's John freaking Wall. He was the number one overall pick. He was a stud in Washington before he tore his Achilles and his ACL. The dude dealt with his mom's death. He dealt with the Achilles injury, he dealt with COVID, and he came in and thought that John James Harden was going to play with him, he was going to be good, you know, they're going to be great, they're going to compete, maybe not be a championship team, so from a human standpoint, it sucks, and kind of hearing that, it, it it's heartbreaking, because this is the Houston Rockets organization now, now if we take the John Wall scenario out of the equation and look at the, the totality of this rebuild, we came in last week talking about Steven Silas, you know, he needs he needs to go, like, you know what I mean? Like, we felt like we've seen enough from him. But now John Wall's quote is basically saying Steven Silas told him, hey, management wants this. So if management wanted Kevin Porter Jr. to start, then what else has management been pulling? What other strings has management been doing? This can't be the only one. There may be a lot more behind the closed curtains that we don't know of we may never know of so how much of this stuff is happening and how much of this of this stuff is a silas decision or how much of this stuff is a stone in management decision and then it begs the question who is the root of the problem is it silas and the coaching staff or is it management and the worst part about it is is that these two entities are not simpatico and when you're not simpatico you're starting to see cracks in the foundation now that you're seeing cracks in the foundation this is not something to build off of because at the end of the day at the end of the motherfucking day it affects Jalen Green it affects Jabari Smith Jr. it affects KJ Martin it affects Alperin Shangun it affects and trickles down to the players Maybe they're not privy to everything. It's the equivalent to acting. The actors, actors will act. They don't go into the writer's room. They don't, you know, figure that stuff out. I know a little bit about that. I, I never did any acting, but I do know a little bit about that. Actors will just act. And, the, the, and you know, the director protects them from the stuff that goes down in the writing room. Uh, go check out Pod Meets World, by the way. They they gave a good uh, good synopsis on that. But maybe that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to shield these guys from what's happening behind these closed doors how much of this is a steven silas thing how much of this is a Raphael stone thing and ultimately it begs the question who is the root of the problem and then the statement that follows 
Something needs to change. You're 10, is it 10 and 34 at this juncture of the season? You're on pace to be worse this year than last year. And that is complete and utter bullshit when you have Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason. You have improvement, incremental improvement from your rookie year to your sophomore year players. There is no reason as to why you are this horrendous. There's no reason. And the fact that we are this bad now is making me think. I never thought this there could be a problem within the organization to where the coaching staff and the management may not be simpatico, but the fact that we're kind of hearing it out of John Wall is uh it's heartbreaking to see and honestly may be the absolute worst that this organization has ever been in its lifetime which is something to think about and something to ponder upon people are going to argue the late the, the early 80s but they tanked with the idea of knowing that they're going to get the number one pick they knew ralph sampson and akeem olajuwon was going to be at the end of that rainbow and you had your 50 50 shot as opposed to the 14 percent chance of tanking now so gm with that all you know with you being able to unpack it and me being able to unpack it i'm curious as to see in your opinion we came in last week thinking you know silas has got to go right thinking that we we came to that conclusion hearing john wall now seeing the team now seeing the light in which we are finding this out along with everybody else what do you think needs to happen now at this juncture there's a lot man um, and to be honest with you, I don't know if you know, everyone's been calling for the job that Silas has been doing. We, including us. Yeah. We'll call a spade a spade here. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to cost anyone his, their job <clears throat> to be completely transparent, but at the same time, it's kind of just like where I just, I'm not sure if it's just a coach thing, but Honestly, if you were to ask me today, there might have to be a complete regime change. And that might be something that would help in terms of turning around the negative stench that's already here. But, you know, at the same time, there is a process to all of this. And the only issue is, like, the patience of it. It's like, is it something that we as fans can wait for we've never experienced a true rebuild as a fan never since never, the, eight, never, since the yeah. 80s since before the 80s. Akeem it's before you and me were born exactly and for us as fans like we only saw retooling because we went from Hakeem Clyde and Charles Barkley to Steve Francis Katino Mobley with a sprinkle of uh Charles Barkley a sprinkle of Hakeem to Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming, and the transition from there to James Harden. Well, we did, and and let's not forget the fact that we didn't tank those in between years. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, and and um, you know, that's a Les Alexander thing. Yep. And you know, at the end of the day, like, it's truly respectable of what he did, and it also shines a light on what exactly Daryl Morey did, mm. because you know, Daryl mm-hmm. Morey who knows what he could have done with a full rebuild but we saw him in terms of retooling did he get lucky with um when it came to james harden absolutely but 
at the end of the day, it's it's pretty awesome in terms of how it went down. Yeah. Uh, with what's happening now, this is this is the Talk thing, man. The this, this is the yeah. thing, man. Talk them off the it's ledge, like, real quick. It's still a process. Okay. Even if we weren't losing on purpose, I still don't think we have a better record or an equal record of an Orlando or OKC. Even though that was my expectations, there's a difference, you know, um, with what I expected, but what we see, right? Um, but what the eye test tells us is that no matter, even though there are certain aspects of the game that is improving and not improving and what we see, it just seems like the game plan just ain't working. Yeah. You know? Something's and just not working. Right? It's broken. And with this being coming out now uh the rockets as an organization are now on their heels we got a game tomorrow against charlotte the second worst team. and if silas gets to a 12th loss as a coach 12th straight this would be the fourth time with him at the helm of the houston rockets that they would have a double digit losing streak you know, it's active currently. And this is only in two and a half seasons as a coach, man. It's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Um. Do we see them making a change now? Like, would they have made the change if the Rockets lost tomorrow? If this report didn't come out? I'm going to lean towards no. Because the way the organization is well, operating. It's applying yeah. it, it, With the way that that's telling now yeah. is this. It's like. Uh, Tillman and Stone maybe want this type of environment where they can lose and try to get Wemby or Scoot. But you don't want to get Wemby or Scoot at the cost of the development of a guys like Jalen, Jabari, Alpi, Tari, Jacob, Usman, you know, all the young bucks that are doing what they can. But, you know, they only know how to run things the way that they viewed it um, with foresight. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I it, get that. It, it's it's just yeah. overall, it's just it just sucks. Well, it's a shit show. It's shitty. It's a shit show yes. right now. <laughs> and Let's the thing, it, like and, I said, we're gonna call a spade a spade and here. The, it's the a shit thing show. here is that, like this, like with all this being out now in the public, and if Silas loses tomorrow, will he be the coach on Thursday? Is my question. Because think about it like this: in terms of publicity. In terms of <laughs> the optics of what people are starting to see now of this organization. Yeah. And the timeline on Twitter, it's very damning, very negative. Everyone is very upset. Everyone's very sad. Everyone wanted to tank to an extent, but no one wanted to tank to this extent. It kind of ruins the, um, how do you say this, like the trust... The authenticity of sport. It's almost scandalous in the sense of like you're betting against your own team, like the Black Sox, you know? Um, and that's what that, that, that I'm not saying that that's the exact um, replication, but is it that, that obviously it feels like that's what management is trying to do. It's like they're betting against their own guys so they can add more uh, in terms of talent, you know? And and in the long run, I don't know if it's gonna be successful, man. I, just gotta, I, I have yeah. my doubts, well, but at the same time, it's like 
you know. I want to know what the vision is. Like, yeah, at like, this point, no, there's no vision. Dude. No, but that's the thing. There like, is no vision you, at all. You, if you want a five-year plan, you probably, you know, the thought process was when five you decided plan, to is this, rebuild. Is this a big daddy? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it's a seven-year plan. <laughs> uh, you get it. You get it. Um, if they decided, you know, when it had turned the page in 2021 that we're going to run this five-year plan, right, where we're just not going to compete, like we are going to tank. That that by the time the totality of those years pass, you should be either contending or, you know, if you get really lucky, you beat those five years and you're already contending with the players that you either get through draft or you get lucky with a James Harden like acquisition, a young 22, 23 year old player that wants to get traded and you got the draft capital, you have the players to combine and get traded for. Most likely, more likely than not, the latter isn't going to happen. You just have to strike gold with the draft picks, get lucky. And we're going to talk about this later, look, but they have the talent. I've said this. I've said this time and time again. They have the talent. Jabari Smith is is all world, in my opinion, on defense. Jalen Green is, I mean, he is what he is. We know he's a bucket, but he's very confidence-driven. And when he loses it, you can kind of see the cracks that have been forming over the last few games other than uh, last game, which he still struggled um, in the beginning, finally picked it up later in the game. Alperin Shangun is proving to be maybe one of the top players in the 2021 draft. Could be a legit steal at one of the biggest steals in the last few years um, in the NBA draft. This is coming from me who doesn't believe in his defense, and I'll and I'll circle back to that because I y'all have receipts on me. You know how I felt about Alper and Shingun, but I'll tell you why my, my, my tune has changed slightly. But I think overall from what we are seeing here in the John Wall situation and the way it circles back and harkens back to what this Rockets organization is doing is it basically applies pressure to this team now that a change needs to be made and John Wall gave zero Fs. He doesn't care. You know, he's not trying to save face with this team because he doesn't give two flying. Yeah, he, he, said, he doesn't give he, a fuck. He said, fuck all that noise. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's going to tell the he's gonna tell the whole world how he feels about it. And I, you know what? To be honest, from after what everything that he's been through in the last five or six years of his career, part of me can't really blame him. You know, I can't even be mad at him because in, at the end of the day, I feel like he's telling his truth. He's telling his side of the story. There's two sides to every coin. There's I'm tr- there's definitely a side of the story that we may never hear from a Raphael Stone, from a Steven Silas, from that standpoint. Maybe we'll hear it years down the road. We'll never know. But John Wall deserved better. Uh, in my opinion, hindsight's 2020. I, I was fine that he stayed home. Getting it now, getting the story now, it, kinda, it sucks. You feel bad for him. But now I feel even worse about this goddamn organization because... The GM's right. We've never been in this situation where we've been through a full rebuild. A rebuild is one thing. Um, Being this bad at this juncture of this point of the third year of the rebuild is a problem. The Astros incrementally got better every year, even when they were tanking. 2014 was their best year during the tank before they made the leap in 2015. People keep hearkening back. We've had guests that hearken back to the Astros. The incremental wins are going to increase the confidence, the swagger, the experience, 
the reps that they're never going to get back. They need to see the incremental improvement because it's a slight, it's a small shift in culture building so this team can be successful when it's time to compete. This team is now taking a step back. That is not a good thing. That is where my red flag stands. I told you, if we're 10 games under 500, I'm fine. 12 games under 500, I'm fine. We are like 14 games under 500 halfway through the season. Yeah, it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, no, sorry, we're not even 14 games. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I, I, I apologize. We are 24 games under 500. Like, like it's if we could cut this total in half, I'd feel a lot better about this team. And I'm fine with it. But bottom line, this team's terrible. This team is this team is bad. So you know, I yeah, you know better, better it's, time it than is, it's it's just overall yeah. it's not a good look. Absolutely. So GM, let's go ahead and move on now. We have to talk about the Houston Rockets versus the LA Lakers. Look, this Houston Rockets team, GM have dropped the last sixteen of seventeen. They have equaled last year's starting record. They started the season 1-16. They've won in the last 17 games. 1-16. of 16. They have equaled last year's record. And this is without Daniel Tice. My God. So the Houston Rockets fall to 10-34 and 34 on the season after losing to the Lakers 140-132. to 132. LeBron James dipped into the fountain of youth, did his thing, dropped an insane amount of points. The dude's a bucket. He almost had 50. The Rockets tried to compete back. LP had himself a fucking game. 33 points, 6 assists, 15 rebounds, 2 of 2 from 3, 14 of 17 from the field. Jabari Smith had himself a decent game as well. Went 5 of 11, 1 of 4 from 3, 14 points. Jalen Green struggled, got hot later on, 7 of 20 for 23 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. I was not able to watch the game live because I, I watched the first half and then I had to go I had to go Betty by in the second half because I go to work super early. So, GM, you got to watch the the entire game, the whole 48 minutes. We're shifting focus now into the Rockets. Let's put a spin of positivity back on the forefront, and let's start with one man who deserves the praise because he's been fucking performing. <clears throat> Alperin Shangun. Thoughts? Dude, man. He was uh, he was next level last night. To be completely transparent, he was next level. My guy was performing like he was... He was like he was ready. He was built for it. Um, performing in LA in our quote unquote our only nationally televised game on NBA TV, um, <laughs> it's just it, I hate to say that it's so funny that our only nationally televised game is on um, NBA TV. But um, anyways, um, to be transparent, Alpi looked amazing, and I. He looked like the best player on the court for the Rockets. Obviously, LeBron James had himself a game season high. I think it was like 48 points. I don't have the stat sheet um, up currently. Um, But LeBron performed. Russell Westbrook performed. And that team in L.A., man, they were ready. Um, Granted, it's against us. (laughs) But 
at the end of the day, Alpi looked great. Um, he was very active. They pretty much allowed him to be the main hub of the offense as opposed to Kevin Porter Jr. running uh, the point guard position. And I think that it it was the right choice, man. Like, Alpi looked really good. And I was very happy with what we saw. And I think that everything that he did was amazing. But, but, I mean, granted, he missed two free throws at the end. He had an and one that was that was um, reviewed that they took away. And, um, you know, and because of that, <clears throat> it went from, like, what, a six-point game that could have been a four-point game going to three if he made the free throw to a six-point game, and he only made one free throw to a five. And... With 13 seconds left, one good enough. But outside yeah. of that, man, like, LP, he was so efficient. So efficient in scoring. He was 2 of 2 from 3. Yeah. 14 to 17 from the field, man. 84.7% or 82.7%. I don't remember. I'm, I have it all in my article, but I don't have it at the top of my head. Um, they were just performing. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, compete. I mean, they're always they, were, they were ready to perform for always, LA. They're always competing against the Lakers, though. Yes, yeah. The, 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 thing the, about, Lakers. the thing about the Lakers that the Lakers will let teams like the Rockets uh, come back and compete in these games. Um, I think that's a testament of their age. You know, they're kind of chilling. Testament to the Rockets for coming back, having that energy even though they couldn't close, it's okay. It happens. It's been, it's been the moniker of the Yeah, season. that's, a, that, that's pretty much like, you know, like morning, lunch, dinner, same shit, you know? Um, yeah, same song. What is it? Uh, same, same song and dance. Same song and dance. Or yeah. same story, different chapter. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the thing about it is that like, it, it, it's good. Like, I, I enjoyed the game. It was very entertaining. The performance was good. The team played really well, if I'm going to be completely transparent. Um, they played enough to where they could win, but L.A. was just just a tad bit too much. Well, and LeBron was a tad bit too much. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, they, LeBron only, they only took advantage in the non-LeBron minutes is when they started making their runs. Yeah, but, when LeBron you know, came which is, back, which is fair, which is fair, which is door. fair. You know, like um, goat LeBron understands he has to carry the team, yeah. and playing against the Rockets, that's uh, probably easy money for him. You well, know? so, okay, so let's... Let's circle in more on LP. I want to kind of dedicate this whole segment a bit towards him. GM, there's been superstar players, you know, that have all talked about how good LP is, like how how great of a player Upper in Shangun is. I've always been tough on him because of his defense. And his defense wasn't spectacular last night either. He struggled once again. Now, what do you think of the idea? Like, are we... Are we going to look like fools in five years when we thought that Jalen was going to be that guy when the whole time it could have just been Alperin Shangun? And, you know what I mean? And and then also on top of that, is it time to start shifting the team towards building around LP as opposed to shifting and building around Jalen? Should it kind of start being centered around the fact that we're building around Shangun? And on top of that... To also take away from the fact that he can't play defense. So do we build around him similarly to how the Warriors built around Curry? Built him to be the hub and to shield him from his defensive weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should do do you think they should start kind of looking at it from that lens? I don't I think that that's a little too early in terms of well, making God. LP the main guy. I feel the same way. Because I do think that um 
I do think that people are ready to do that. Yeah, people are ready to do that because you know the stats are sexy. Exactly, and also instant gratification. We live in a world where instant gratification is everything. You got to have it now. At least you need it in the form of game plan. Jalen is definitely leading the team in attempts, but the question is like the way he gets those attempts. Is it cohesive? Is it good? No, because they're not trying to help him get any shots, just making him force shots, which is certainly not the goal, you know. And that's that's the thing. Like you don't want that. And um, I don't know, man. The way that everything is just playing out, like I still think that Jalen is the guy. I can I get it in terms of what people see with LP. Um, do I think that LP is going to be that guy? We don't know yet. But we also don't know if Jalen's going to be that guy either. And what I'm going to say is that I really need to see, you know, like the team giving Jalen easy opportunities to help build his confidence. I think he needs it. Because I, I, I live in a world where LP and Jalen can work together. Um, whether it's 1A, 1B, 1, 2, A, B, who knows, man. But at the end of the day, it's still way too early. The guys aren't old enough to drink yet, okay? We don't really see true, like, stardom. Yeah. Until, like, what, you're, th- you're four? I mean, you know, how many players really garnered true stardom in year two? John Morant in terms of, like, recency bias? You know? It's hard. Like making an all-star game, like super young. Like Devin Booker struggled yeah. for four years before Chris Paul. You I mean, know? I mean, he had a good, great individual. Yes, individual. absolutely. He had the 70 Team points. Wise. I mean, yeah. granted, they made the playoffs his rookie year, you know? It, yeah. Um. No, no, not Devin Booker, sorry. No, not Devin, not Devin Booker. Booker. I was thinking about Derrick Rose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Derrick Rose came in my head. But, you yeah, know, um, few, like, like there's Roy's a few guys. That succeeded. Who? Brandon Roy. Touche. He was just a, Touché. a menace. Touché. In the yeah, shoot. absolutely. Second absolutely. year especially, he made that leap. Um, what I'm saying is, like, we just we just need patience, you know? Um, the coach might be wrong. Management might be wrong. Who knows? But what I'm saying is, like, in terms of the way everything is today, we all want to see progression in terms of movement forward, progression for this team. We haven't seen that. Even if we're losing, it's like for us, we want to lose a certain way, which is sounds really lame when you say it out loud, but it's true. Well, you what you want? What, what is it that I said in the beginning of the season? You want productive L's, productive L's, you and that, productive that's L's. your thing. But we haven't seen a productive L at all well, we outside of outside L. of the Lakers game yeah, last, last night. What was L the last was time there's a legitimately a productive L? Well, the, what about the? You could argue the Jalen and Jabari game where they both went off. Touche. That was a good productive what game. I'm saying is like this kind of proves all the Shangun truthers, stands, whatever you want to call them. They're correct in terms of what they see. But it's just one game as well. Everyone's been wanting this type of production and this type of touches. Well, youngest player to get a triple-double as well. For Shangun. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's just awesome. The last guy to get that was what, Shaq? Yeah, Shaq and Shaq? Hakeem was first and then Shaq. Now, uh, operating Shangun, which is it's amazing, is man. That's that's, yeah. that's, that's him, I'll ama- give him his flowers on that. That's that's what you call some amazing company, and I think that Shangun, man, it, it, like 
enough cannot be said. And I mean, as much as people can view his defense, you and I both agree that his defense isn't so great. You know, like his feet, <laughs> I don't want to have to go into critiquing in terms of his play because um, his offensive game is just amazing. But the defensive side and definitely need improvement. It's like yeah. the progress report you get where it's like it's an incomplete grade needs improvement. Well, that's why I want that's why I want Wemby. People think like you want Wemby because he's a generational talent because he's the most highly touted player to yeah, acquire is, since LeBron. I actually want Wemby if this is if you are thinking no, I agree with you GM. I'm not ready to crown Alperin Shangun, you know, we're going to build around him, you know, as a as a hub. You know, we're going to build around him as a as the guy the piece the star player you know that that every every piece we acquire every move we make is gonna be centered around how are we gonna you know help lp be great and on top of that make this team a championship contender with lp at the center i'm not i'm not ready to do that just yet but if the rockets are thinking that i think the dream would be to get Wemby, not because of just not just because of the fact that he's the most highly touted prospect since lebron but also his ability to shield and cover the mistakes and defensive liabilities that Alperin Shengun provides for this team currently. People think that, oh, Wemby coming in is going to be a problem for Alp. I think the polar opposite. I think what's going to happen is future Twin Towers, you're going to have Wemby at the four. You're probably going to keep Shengun at the five, but then you just flip them on defense. You're just going to have... Wemby guard the five and Wemby block everything that comes his way because his ability to recover and make stops and plays is going to be insane and then you drop Jabari down one spot and look at that if Jabari is seven feet next year you are looking at a three-player lineup seven feet and over like yeah I mean that's that's certainly a possibility that's the dream right possibility yeah that's the dream to think about now but would I, you let Jabari not, be the sixth man, or is he going to play the four? No, he's no, he's going to play the three. Oh man, that's a he's going to play the three. Touché. Well, think about it like this: he's just a, look at the end of the day. If he's just a taller Trevor Ariza, he's also guarding Luca. You know, he's guarding. He's guarding the. He's guarding. I think the main sliding hubs. him down that slot at the three would first of all covers that spot because I mean, we he, don't. He have does. A he does have three. the lateral boot, and we don't have a consistent three. We don't. No, we don't. We literally don't. You're trading around KJ Martin. You're trading around uh, Eric Gordon. Like, there's just, you're just, it's an interchangeable part on a very important position, in my opinion. Yeah. So, the wing three is supposed to be able to guard to a degree, maybe all five positions, like Mm -hmm. to a degree. Yeah. And Jabari does that. So, you could drop Jabari to the three, keep Jalen at the two, maybe get Harden, and then everything goes away. You know what I mean? You get Wemby, you get James, everything goes away. All the bullshit, all the, everything that we're talking about now in January 17 of 2023 goes to shit by July if Harden commits to Houston, Wemby gets drafted. You're looking at an absolutely insane setup for the future and possible contention for a championship next year. Mm-hmm. So it's all going to shit. But circling it back to an upper in Shangun, I'm not ready to crown him at that stake yet. Even though a lot of people, a lot of people... Are yeah, loud and I, I, th- I think it's but, fair. No, I think but it's fair. okay. Can I play? Can I play devil's advocate? What exactly is he doing now that Christian Wood isn't doing last year? To LP? Yeah, he's doing a lot of great stuff. He's putting up stats. Well, is also, the team winning? No, but I'll say this. I'll say this. It could be. I'll, I will say this. Um, there's a difference in attitude in terms of LP. Christian Wood whined a lot 
and he wouldn't get the ball. Christian Wood was seen as he wanted, he saw himself as a hub. I would say that LP is a true hub because LP actually creates for his guys. And when he's that guy, you saw a game like last night where they were competitive. They were competitive. How many real games with Christian Wood as the hub were we truly, quote-unquote, competitive in? Outside of the one game we attended where he went off against the Wizards, got his career high, hit like 10 threes, was playing like out of his mind. But truly, when did Christian Wood have that type of impact? You know, like granted, the record is the the same, you know, but in terms of development and possibilities and what they bring to the table— I'm thinking more of a mic. Sorry, I'm not thinking more of a macro perspective, but also like what's affecting from this season. I'm not talking about the potential that LP obviously provides. Yeah, but from just a micro standpoint of what this season represents, like mm-hmm. it's great. He's breaking yeah, records. It. I mean, you, you, you he's can, breaking you can, foul records. You can quote Eric Gordon. I've seen no improvement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. That's, I'm not, he's not wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just playing devil's advocate here of just no, like what exactly have, are have... we seeing that's different. You know, all the a lot of LP fans are gonna fucking shit on me for this, but you know, I'm just saying, like, it, it's just what based on the eye test alone and what I'm seeing, LP is a phenomenal talent. In my opinion, he's gonna be he's gonna be better than Christian Wood. But I'm just saying, in terms of just in a vacuum of just this season, what is he doing this year that Christian Wood didn't do last year? Essentially, which is put up great and phenomenal playmaking stats. effort. Um, I can go on and on in terms of body language. Um, but he also doesn't play. Like, it's also uh, his They don't ability, play the same. Yeah, they don't play the same. Yeah, and also his inability yeah, to play he, a lot of minutes. So I'll give him that. Yeah. There's also and, a lot, there's know, ebbs like, and flows to this game that, that his, LP his, isn't. I mean, granted, like yeah. I said, like we're just not winning. Well, that's the bottom line We're not, we're not winning. And, and I don't right? expect this team to be a championship um, team. I just want to win some games. Even then, like Christian Wood's effort on the defensive end is just as bad if not worse than lp you know at least lp tries you know he's not lateral like, movement wise he's not quick but that's he's not, not but he also put the effort in wait if we're gonna talk wait if we're gonna talk defense can we please spotlight jalen green for a minute Dude's been straight Basora. Hell, dude, Jalen's been. It's playing been horrible. horrible. Like, He's been wait, horrible. you know, you know what, you know what, guys? Can um, we keep the same energy? Where's the, you know, where? Hit me with the James Harden mixtape one time. The low light, the highlights, or his low lights of defensive effort. Where's the low lights of Jalen? Like, I need someone. I need someone to make this mixtape to get mm. him going because James Harden came in gangbusters the following season <laughs> as a defender because he was upset. He was pissed. Well, I mean, you know, like we're gonna, like, like okay, it. this is the thing. Like, his defense of, has been horrible in terms like, of we're gonna call a spade a spade. This here. team, it's terrible. Jalen has no excuse for underperforming in terms of defensive end effort, right? But at the same time, he's still in his youth. Coaching is bad. Everyone's discouraged. Management, management seems to be management's responsible right for all of this. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, like you don't want to say it like that, but well, how much of this, like John Wall said, we're no, we're gonna, you know, talk about a full circle moment. We're gonna circle back to the beginning of the episode. John Wall saying that you're not gonna get away with this type of shit if you go to the any of the other 29 teams. Yeah, you true. won't. True, you will not get away with it. Yeah, because and Houston it, you know, has a tendency. Wrong. We've been doing this since the Harden years. We have a tendency to coddle certain players. We're obviously trying to build a culture in the process. I'm not excusing the Houston Rockets for what they're doing, but it is a, a 
fucking difficult like web that they're they're weaving right now. Yeah. They're trying to they're trying to rebuild. They're trying to stay in the good graces of Jalen Green and Jabari Smith and Alperen Yeah, I mean, they want to sign them. They want to do. They want to tank. They want to do for, quote unquote right by them. They want to tank for the right picks as well. So there's so much like thank goodness like. I don't know. You know, uh, there's so many fans out there. Oh, my gosh. I could coach better than this team. Oh, my gosh. I could GM better than Rafael Stone. Okay. Well, I dare you to go over there with Rafael Stone and the 50-plus other employees that are in that front office in fucking suits making millions of dollars and thinking that you can come in there and making the same bold mm-hmm. moves that yeah. you're doing behind yeah. a fucking computer screen. I'm sorry. Well, we, there's a we, lot of people we, that we, talk we, a lot of we, shit. We live in a very bold world. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like a where, lot of where, people, where, where Twitter gives people well, these not even voices just Twitter, just people to talk in about general. themselves but fans in general are just like i could come in there and do that you know i'd like to fucking see you oh yeah try. we'd all love to because i mean dude you a lot of these guys play so quick a lot of these guys play 2k they probably Fuck, play, i play 2k they probably do trade trade override and believe yeah. that they know more they can convince people to accept these deals you know but at the end of the day, that's just that's just not how it works. Well, that's what I'm. That that's the whole point yeah, of. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Just yeah. doesn't work. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not. It's easy to be an armchair yeah. GM, armchair coach. Yeah. So I'm not ready know? to be at this juncture of like, you know, major. Maybe a major overhaul needs to be changed. I'm not all the way there just yet. GM, just, I'm not there. Yeah, he presented the scenario I, I, of what I, he like, thinks. I, I've yeah. I've stayed like this. 2024 is the year. If there's no improvement after the 2023-2024 season, then we can explore the idea of release of, uh, you know, I don't want to say letting go, but, but yeah, letting go of Rafael yeah. Stone. Yeah. You know, like, and actually, you like, know, yeah. that's so, like, and, like and, a clean and, sweep. A clean yes, sweep, exactly. Clean um, yep. Do I see Silas being here next year? No, I don't. And there's a lot of fucking truthers on Twitter. They're just like, now this is saying that Silas is not at fault. Dude, man, he's the guy coaching the team on the floor. Yep. It's his responsibility to make it work. Whether or not they're trying to get them to win or Play lose. Wait, yeah. What the fuck ever, man? This guy wants to compete. And if he wants to really compete with the constraints that are on him, he can make it happen. Because he's not an idiot. There's a reason why he's a head coach in the NBA. Well, there's a reason why. Because there's a reason yeah. he's been an he assistant for what 15 years. Yeah, he's, he has 20 years, years of experience. Like these people stating, like you know, like we have to give him a chance. I get that. We that's we fair. Been, but we but have you, been. but you can't say that he's not excused either. That's the bullshit that I don't fucking understand. Yeah. Because you know, everyone's yeah. trying to be like, oh, now this is all. Silent. This is all John. This Wall, is all yeah. Rafael Stone's fault. Yep. No, it's not all Stone's fault either. Is, Everyone has a piece. I think everybody has has a everybody piece of the pie. Has a piece, of man, yep. and that's the only way to look at it because it's fair. And everyone, I don't to know. Blame. I, I I think that you cannot go here completely flip the script and be like he's blameless. No, dude. Everyone's got a fucking yep. fault here, and yep. it's up to Silas to instill this culture. Even though they were, he was told, like, I need you to play KPJ at the one and start him at the one, play him 33 minutes a game, and what the yeah. fuck ever. Well, sometimes you that's know? the thing. Like, someone that is very driven and has a tough mindset, like someone like a Jeff Van Gundy, for instance, like, he wouldn't just sit here and be like, you know, we're this, you know, this is the, the strengths that have been put before me. So I'm going to be like happy-go-lucky, yeah. which is what Steven Silas is, and I'm not knocking him for that. You know, there's been plenty of coaches that have been able to come in without a, you know, without a Phil Jackson 
intense Craig po- Greg Popovich mindset and win titles. You know, Spolstra, Spolstra is one of them. Spolstra is not like he's a he, he's, yeah he's an intense individual, but he's no nothing but like to be a, like a really nice coach and like a really good guy. Yeah, like yeah. that's the that's like a prime example of what Steven Silas could be. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be you know as intense as a Greg Popovich or as insane as a you know as a Pat Riley was in New York. You don't need no that, one but wants no yeah, one wants that. But the bottom line here is, is that Stephen Silas still still is to blame, not not the main cog. Everyone, like I said, like the GM said, everyone deserves a piece of the blame pie. Everyone deserves it. Mm-hmm. A big piece is still going to go to Coach Silas because if Jeff, if the shoes on the other foot, and Jeff Van Gundy is the coach of this team, and he tells him KPJ is going to start, Jeff Van Gundy is going to make it work because Jeff Van Gundy is just. I, I just, in my opinion, I just think Jeff Van Gundy would instill defense. And then at the end of the day, I really feel like maybe Jeff Van Gundy would have been fired. You know, Jeff Van Gundy would have been like, no, fuck this. Kevin Porter's not putting in the effort. I'm sitting his ass. Yeah. And like, maybe they'll fire him. I don't know. But if they decide to keep him, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you just got to be tough. And it's just a wrong. rough, it's a rough, it's a rough mix. It's the equivalent of this team being so uber talented, but they just don't mesh. Yeah, and that, that's that, so that, that, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're so young. Yeah, and 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 Silas, in my opinion, is a good coach. <laughs> Just that. Oh my gosh, I was about to think Central Intelligence. I was about to say uh, GM Bob Stone. Uh, GM, <laughs> How GM. many times have we said Bob Stone on accident? Bob Stone, Robbie Weirdick, Rob right. Stone, Bob Bob Stone. I keep it pitch black like Vin Diesel. But Jesus. so the you know the. Maybe Steven Silas is a good coach and, and Raphael Stone is a good GM. Yeah. But maybe they just don't mesh. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's fair. A lot of the that's time, totally you just need to find the right dance partner. Yeah. A partnership that is beautiful and glorious. Daryl Morey, James Harden. D'Antoni. Like yeah, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, James Harden. The was Holy Triumvirate. Yeah, the Holy Triumvirate of analytics. Like, they mm-hmm. fucking killed it. Yeah. And you saw it. You saw it firsthand. They were super successful the years that D'Antoni was here. Yep. So a lot of this, you know, it's the equivalent of like everyone deserves a blame and nobody deserves a blame. Mm-hmm. The bottom line of this episode is to kind of make everybody understand what these John Wall comments coming out. It's not making me and Justin feel, you know, like we're leaning one way or leaning towards this way. It's opening our eyes up more yeah. and making us kind of understand, okay, there's more than meets the eye here. We understand it. We know that management deserves the, you know, some blame here in all of this, and so does Coach Silas. But the whole show, at the end of the day, to quote John Wall, absolute trash, beyond trash, and that's how we're gonna end this episode. So, GM, <laughs> let's go ahead and put a wonderful bow because they're giving us the go home cue right now. Let the people know. Well, first of all, is there anything you'd like to say before we end the episode here? Are we speaking to the fans? Anything that you need to say before we end here? I mean, you know, like this negativity that John Wall is saying, it comes with the territory in terms of what is of a rebuilding team. This is not the end of the world. It's really not. This is just, um, you know, what what do they call it? Like a, a fork in the road, you know? Just consider this saying like, you know, when Val threw all the rocks on the, oh, on man. the road when Gabriella was turning, you know, and that was just the, that, that was a slight, slight fault, slight hurt. Didn't have the brains to finish the race. But you know what happens, man? Gabriella recovered. Chocolate shake in the face. And killed it in the uh, whatever the tournament was. Go ahead. I don't remember what the tournament was called. Uh, I don't know. The Invitational. 
There it is. And the Invitational, yes, the Invitational in Sunnyside, California. That's just a guess of where they are. I have no idea where they were. Sunnyside, California. I'm pretty sure. But friendship fell down. You know, almost uh, in competition today. <laughs> Go on. The downhill. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, um, win or lose, win. Oh wait, uh, win or lose skating is not is what we do, not who we are. Man, that was like deep. Okay. <laughs> Soul skaters. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, just just to kind of like calm everybody down, like talk them off the ledge. This type of negativity comes with a rebuilding team, especially when there's a disgruntled star. We gotta we gotta look at it like that, right? Um, John has every right to be angry, but gonna, we'll the Rockets organization are trying to run things in what they believe is correct. Whether it pans out is a whole other story. But right now, the optics are bad. The aesthetics are bad. The negativity is real. And the fan pace has every right to act in terms of this negativity and react. But it's only year three of the rebuild. I feel like this is like We a, still got yeah. next year. So you got the opportunity to sign some vets. Maybe a Miles Turner with a Scoot Henderson. Oh my God, can you imagine? And maybe another yes. guard, you know, to pair with the likes of Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, Al P. Shangoon, and whatever. Could you imagine Derrick Rose, man? Oh my God. Yeah, Derrick Rose Without would be, would be great. Without P. still the hub, but Derrick Rose. Honestly, if Dacian Nix gets cut tomorrow, I will do a happy dance and I will record it Jesus on Twitter. Christ. Okay. But I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's just more so like, we can all calm down, guys. The negativity is real, but there's still time. There's still time. Yeah. It's and, like this yeah, whole thing, this yeah. whole episode's been a therapy session yeah. for fans. And it's okay to talk, and, and, and it's fine. And Let's start a dialogue. You guys see it as whatever. You know, you can see it as a dialogue or, you know, us voicing our opinion and y'all agreeing, which is pretty dope. You, know, you guys don't have to agree with everything we say, yeah. but we always appreciate that. Yeah. Um, if we guys say anything wrong, go for it. Like shout out to our man Ed, who doesn't agree with everything that we say, but he'll let us know when he agrees. And, and I, he appreci- doesn't, I appreciate. He doesn't it. agree. I appreciate and that, it, and, and I love it, man. And, and he, I, he, I, I he truly def- appreciate. And he, and he does it in a tactful way. Yeah. And he's a great fan. Yeah. Shouts to Ed one time. He's very yeah. supportive of us. Yeah. But he's a good dude. GM, man. you know we're getting the go home cue already. Yeah. yeah. The, the producers <laughs> are getting upset. Go ahead. End the episode one time. All right. Well, follow follow me on Twitter. At JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow the podcast on Twitter and TikTok at Summit S O M P O D. Follow the Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore P O D. Follow the company, the fam, the friends at Apollo NBA and at Apollo H O U. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to, you know, just. Our supporters, we truly appreciate you guys. And shout out to our good friend Chucky Brown for coming on with us. Uh, we had a good reception on that episode. Uh, such a good guy. Uh, thank you again for our shirts. Kenny and I got our shirts. Yes, uh, you know we're, we're, we're extremely grateful for that. Woo! And you know we're hopeful to have you on soon again. And um, you know uh, final final four action. Hell yeah, maybe some final four action with our boy Chucky. But Kenny, it's your turn. What else you got? What else you got? Yeah, uh, give give myself as well a follow on Twitter at Summit Commish. Uh, shout outs to the Apollo Podcast Network that is continuing to kill the game. Follow the crown jewel of Astros shows and podcasts that is BTE Beyond the Oh BTE Ha huh? 
That's being the elite. <laughs> BTD, Beyond the Diamond with Brian Lima and Dez. Go follow them for all Astros news. Go check out Apollo Texans Beyond the, what is not Beyond the Grid, Off the Grid Iron. Uh, just continually killing it. They're going to have a lot of news coming up with this number two pick. So, And, and also as well as the Sean Payton news. So there's going to be a lot to talk about in terms of Texans talk. That, if you're a Texans fan, the first Texans listen deserves to go to uh, Off the Grid Iron. Give them a listen as well. And if you love movies, please give a listen to the One Take podcast that continue to kill the game in terms of movie reviews and movies and TV show content. Please give them a follow. Give them a listen. Uh, They continue to kill and do great stuff. Um, That's going to go ahead and end the show here. Episode 146 officially in the books. And as we get ready to go home here, talking fans off the ledge, thank you for coming to this therapy session. For Houston Rockets fans, myself and the GM, we are Houston Rockets fans. We love this team. We love the city. We love the organization. We just want to see them succeed just as much as y'all do. But, you know, this is why you come on the show with us. Have a dialogue. Discuss how we feel, what we believe is the right correct and correct mindset, and uh, we love to hear y'all's uh, comments and takes as well. Y'all have been commenting a lot lately, and we've appreciated that. A lot of positive pub and reviews towards our newest episodes, which we're very appreciative of that as well. So as uh, the go-home and the send-off and sign-off here, go Apollo, go Summit, and of course as I end every episode, go Rockets. The summit for, 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 for.